I think there is a lot of policing going on with fem- women's free time and rest. There are so many things that we rather should be doing and we are supposed to give our time to others. Whether it's to the society, men, children, work. I think I think that is part of the reason why the way women do self-care is seen as selfish or why taking time for yourself is seen as selfish. It's it's a way of controlling women, just like the role of the housewife was. Hello and welcome back to Unproductivity, the podcast about rest. In today's episode, we are gonna go into the intersection of of gender and rest again, but this time we're taking the perspective of of how rest is uh, seen for women. And kind of like going a bit deeper into the theoretical perspectives that can be applied to the topic. In episode three, I had the chance to talk to Michael about the intersection of rest and masculinity and focused a lot on how resting looks like for men as as both a practice and as a concept. In today's episode, I am focusing on women and especially the role that reproductive labor has had and still has on how rest is constructed. I know this is a little bit of a like um, binary gender division, but I think that that women as a historic category is is a valid one, um, since a lot of specific like powers and regulations have been directed towards women as a category or as a group, and it's it's kind of something that unites us in the struggle. This is not to say that men or non-binary people don't have their struggles when it comes to resting. I just think that there are some factors that are pretty specific for women. Women are studied to get less sleep and have poorer quality of sleep, especially when intersecting with caregiving or socioeconomic status, which means that um, women with lower socioeconomic status, uh, so poor women, uh, sleep less, especially when they have kids or adults to look after. And that's, of course, they are not uh, necessarily connected. So um, women who are caregivers um, get less sleep and rest and have poorer quality of sleep um, despite their socioeconomic status. It's also been studied that women have less free time than men um, due to their reproductive labor duties that they engage in or re-engage in, um, meaning that rather than having leisure time, uh, we are taking care of others and the home we live in. And that's kind of what um, I will be referring to as reproductive labor in in this episode is means that like traditionally or theoretically means the re- reproduction of of the laborer, so the worker, meaning. Um, the activities that it takes to uphold someone who's working. So um, taking care of the home, taking care of the children, maybe uh, cooking, uh, cleaning, doing the laundry, doing grocery, like these kind of things. So caring for the worker. I think that it's important also to make a clear cut here between what's quote-unquote normal family life and what is a social, societal issue facing women. Um, I think it's pretty natural that when you have kids, you obviously have less time to yourself. Um, and you probably sleep less because of them. So so in, that's that's not an issue. The issue with it is when, one, it's something that's disproportionately facing women. 
and to something that has like historical root as a form of oppression and limitation of women's rights. As I said earlier, um, it is women are overly represented in the people who get less sleep or have poorer quality of sleep. So that is kind of like the one that's disproportionately facing women. Um, about the two, it brings us to the theoretical part of this episode. <laughs> Namely, feminist Marxist theories. To dissect the term itself, feminist means that the theory focuses on, or the theories focus on women's discrimination and inequalities based on or intersecting with gender. The Marxism part means that the theories um, use capitalism and capitalist accumulation as the lens in which they see the world through, and of course other Marxist um, ideas. That means that in this case, women's position in today's society and since industrialization, so a couple of, of centuries ago, almost, um, is majorly due direct and indirect requirements that keep the, the capitalist society running. For example, this means that the creation of the housewife or the um, stigmatization of, of sex workers is due to the requirements of capitalism, such as producing and reproducing labor power, rather than being born from, from something else or being a natural phenomena. So I, I touched a bit on um, what r reproductive labor is, but how does it influence how women... Women's role has been seen and still is seen in the society. Labor hasn't always been divided between like productive and reproductive labor, and uh, or these two haven't been divided into like men's and women's jobs like they have been um, for the last while. There, there wasn't like this kind of artificial division where men went to work. And women stayed home to cook and care for the children and elderly and take care of the house. It wasn't... These were all jobs that were divided. And one wasn't seen as less worthy as the other, like they are now. Um, there are, of course, factors playing into this, like owning the means of production. But we're, we're not going to go deep into the Marxist theories. Uh, instead, we're going to um, focus on the feminist Marxist theories, uh, theories and the theorists such as Silvia Federici, one of my absolute favorites, um, they, they um, argue that the exploitation of women's bodies um, and women as like generating and regenerating labor force was what allowed the capitalist accumulation to take place. So basically, the way in which women's role in the society was, was reduced into this reproductive machine and how they were, um, the, the, the like gender division of labor is what allowed uh, the, the worker to work longer days and, and the, therefore the, the capitalist ac accumulation of, of uh, well, capital to take place. And, and by removing the value of, of reproductive labor, so the value of those who produce the capitalist value. <laughs> um, women as like an unpaid workforce is a fundamental cornerstone to, to the unequal division of capital. With the time outside wage labor, so what we refer to as work, 
considered it is considered the time for required uh, for recovery and true life uh, for the male worker um, and the female worker since they are engaging in unproductive labor rather than no not unproductive <laughs> uh, reproductive labor rather than uh, productive labor um, they don't get the same possibilities we don't get the same possibilities for rest Engaging in labor of consisting of feeding and caretaking, um, women were not considered to have the same rights uh, for exercising their like other human needs as as men do. The time that's considered to be f- like quote unquote free for the male worker is indeed uh, not free for the for the female worker. Um, the construction of practices of rest and recovery do not exist in the same sense with reproductive labor as they do with productive labor. In practice, and a, and a bit exaggerated, this means that where the working man can come home today, <laughs> sit on the couch and open a beer and the TV maybe, the working woman comes home and starts her second shift, this time with reproductive labor. And this is not, as I as I said earlier, this is not based on anything else except this like social construction, where women are seen to have the respons- responsibility over reproduction, and somehow it's considered to be natural uh, for women. If if you ask me, um, taking care of yourself should be quote unquote natural to everyone, um, and at the same time we all hate. Or most of us hate cleaning and doing laundry as much as the other person, but it's just something that needs to be done. And somehow it's the expectation of who whose responsibility it is or who is going to end up doing it. It's always on women. We have, of course, come a long way since the times where women were literally confined into their homes. We're not confined into our homes anymore. We're allowed to and expected to work where men are also working. But at the same time, women still do, still do the majority of reproductive labor. But there is like a new phenomena attached to it. It didn't go so that when women work more, their reproductive labor somehow gets evened out. No, (laughs) it adds up. By time, this has of course gotten better, um, or the division of laborers isn't as exaggerated as it used to be. But women still do the majority of of the tasks of reproductive labor. Through time, the issue still is that women just can't catch a break, um, whether it it is at home, at work, or through internalized ideals. We're constantly hustling and expected to hustle. Women are more easily seen as like lazy or quote unquote letting themselves go. Women taking breaks are seen as like a negative light, or women's self care is seen as vain or stupid, rather than what it is taking care of yourself. Um, we're afraid of being bad mothers, bad employees, bad partners, and bad friends um, when we are not doing enough or not doing all the things. Um, we are the mothers to, to the family, but also to our partners and our co-workers. As you might remember from episode 3 with Michael, men and women face entirely different issues when it comes to the intersection of rest and gender. Whereas for men, rest is not an option due to the patriarchal requirements of quote-unquote being strong, or staying active at all times. For women, the pressure comes in in forms of reproductive labor and, well, just like being enough. I think the latter one especially is something that's very personal to me also. 
or constantly trying to live up to the society's expectations, only to be overshadowed by a mediocre performance of a man in the same position. That's why I think that um, we feel guilty easier when we are resting, because we are told that we need to be doing our damnness all the time. We need to be resilient as women, as mothers, and as workers. And resilience is actually a word that um, is something that I have learned to hate. <laughs> and there is a um, quote that goes, um, stop calling me resilient. Because every time you say, oh, they are resilient, that means you can do something else to me. I am not resilient. Unquote. And I think we've been resilient long enough fighting our way through life rather than resting when needed. And at the same time, we well, we have this idea of the like hashtag girl boss. And the term itself was con con coined by an influencer called Sofia Amoroso. Um, in short, it's a picture of a woman who's who's like quote unquote made it in their life because they have managed to navigate through these like patriarchal structures uh, in in the man's world. Um, and it's it's this like idea that we go from being being um, housewives into these like patriarchal beings, like manly leaders and hustlers, working constantly. And individual success is heralded over anything else. And I think that's why it makes it not a feminist approach at all, even though it claims to be so. Like individualism and, and survival in the patriarchal world with playing with its rules, the patriarchal world's rules, is seen as success or as the ultimate goal for women. When the real struggle really is with the structural issues and the diverse ways of being a woman that are not normalized or heralded to the same extent. Being a woman is not a singular, but a plural way of existing. And this like girl boss feminism and culture only promote one model of existing. Also, also, I do have a problem with the word girl, with the word girl in the whole idea or term. It like infantilizes women who are leaders or managers. And we can just be bosses if that's what we are or want to be without not being, uh, not needing to add the girl prefix to it. But just just such that's just a side note but this this approach uh only contributes to the hustle culture as well as to to gender in, in inequality rather than fighting it uh woman making it in the like quote-unquote man's world is great but it's not feminism really it's just bending to the rules of the patriarchy to be able to fit in I think that the feminism we all need is like combating these harsh rules that are created by the intertwined power of patriarchy and capitalism. We need a form of <clears throat> feminism that is both fighting against gender inequalities but also anti-capitalist because they cannot be separated in today's society. I want to point out that I don't think there is anything wrong with wanting to have a career or try to fight and focus on your career instead of having having a family or there is nothing wrong with wanting both i think women are allowed to be proud of their achievements even though even though the society is trying to humble us really hard what i am against are the like expectations and the pressure that is put on women to excel at everything and to be able to juggle all the roles at the same time while not having them intersect 
I'm against the hustle. I'm against dismissing the need to need for rest and for downtime. And the idea that having downtime is inherently bad or that you are doing something wrong. We have come from being confined in the sphere of the home and having to fight to fight for the right to work and to create our own means to being polished over all the decisions that we make. And that's what I mean with the intersection of feminism and anti-capitalism. I don't think there is much feminism in the idea that we need to be these machines at work eight hours at the office and then come home um, and work until we go to sleep whenever that is for us. On top of everything, you're supposed to have a side hustle, put a lot of effort into looking a specific way for the society. And I don't mean just like external looks. It's this whole idea that you're supposed to go for a run and meditate and fix the day's lunches for the entire family before they wake up. And like, I don't know, pump breast milk while you're driving while listening to an audiobook. Like, women just can't catch a break. We're supposed to be these superhumans. Um... And it's not enough to be successful in business or to be a stay-at-home mom, but you need to like be excellent at both and keep them separated from each other. Like You can't be motherly at work. You shouldn't take days off for your kids when they're sick or let family business intervene with work schedule. But you're also not supposed to let work affect family, always be there for the kids, because otherwise you're a bad mom. I think it's... Uh, wildly ridiculous like we've all read these articles or at least i've read these articles of the woman who does it all or woman who does it all and somehow made that as like a realistic goal or expectation for all of us like we're min maxing we're optimizing every moment of our lives just trying to be the best at what we do and achieve as many things as possible in a day how is that sustainable or like healthy I think there is a lot of policing going on with fem- women's free time and rest. There are so many things that we rather should be doing and we are supposed to give our time to others, whether it's to the society, men, children, work. I think I think that is part of the reason why the way women do self-care is seen as selfish or why taking time for yourself is seen as selfish. It's It's a way of controlling women, just like the role of the housewife was. And I think it's an important note to say that when I'm saying that they've been or that we've been confined to our homes, the sphere of the home, I don't mean that women were always like literally chained or forced to stay home. While that has been the case also, but it was like a social norm. It's something that women wanted to be and something that other women were also supported and expected. It it wasn't so that majority of women were against this. No, it was it. It was what a woman was supposed to be, and that's why majority of women did like comply with the norms. It's just like today with this whole she does it all thing. It's a social norm, and and it's something just like the housewife. It's something that's upheld because it benefits others, not because it benefits you. And and resting is a thing that doesn't necessarily benefit others directly or the capitalist society directly, or at all, actually. I mean, of course, leisure time can be seen as a form of control through capitalism, where it's like a goal and a way of regulating the proletariat, but I think it's a bit off-topic for now, at least. (laughs) 
let's be selfish. Let's take time for ourselves and after haters who think that we should use our time quote-unquote wisely. One word that I have added to my dictionary is unavailable. <laughs> when people ask if I want to do something or why I'm not doing something I was expected to do, I say I'm unavailable. It works also for work. I I, I say that if there is a deadline that's seven days or five days and they send it to me on, on Thursday or Friday, meaning that I would have to work over the weekend, I'm, I say I'm, I'm unavailable. Because that's true. I'm not busy. Because I think that when we say, no, sorry, I can't do that, I'm busy, it's, it's about... It's, it's about this, like, urgency and, and it gives a very wrong vibe off. I also... I also feel like I'm lying when I say tell to people that I'm busy when I'm actually not busy. Also, it's upholding this like idea that we we need to be busy constantly and and that yeah no I just I don't like busy. Anyways, there is no need to explain further why I'm not going to enge- in, engage in some activity or or not. Um, I'm unavailable. Most of the time it means I'm I'm resting or I'm focusing on myself or just like playing video games because I feel like it. And there is no need to justify why you want time for yourself because it doesn't make you selfish. Um, and or damn, if it does, then let's let's be selfish. Um, but that is where I'm gonna leave you today. <laughs> After an episode that combines all the things from Marx to girl boss. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, as always, you can find me and more content in at Unproductivity Pod in Instagram. And please leave me any comments or feedback if you have any. My name is Nelly. This has been the Unproductivity Pod. And um, thank you for today. Until next time. <laughs>